Well, good morning, Hilton Head Island Community Church. I hope you're doing well. Thank you guys so much for those of you who are here in the house with us this morning. For those of you guys who are joining online, thank you so much. And I want to welcome the patio people out backstage patio. Guys, you have the greatest seat today uh, because it is a beautiful, beautiful day outside. And uh, man, I'm so glad that you guys are here with us today. It's a special day in the life of our church. Um, We are formally uh, welcoming our new kids pastor, Ben Folks, is here this morning. So, hi everybody. Uh, and I've got on stage with me here as well, Justin Boyder, who is our student pastor, next generation pastor. Justin, why don't you guys give it up for Justin? Ben, you and Missy, I know Missy's here, and Lily. Uh, you have two daughters, Lily and Zoe, and they're here. They moved here last week from the great state of, where'd you move from again? I can't remember. Ohio. Oh, that's right. Ohio. Okay, very good. Very good. <laughs> Man, we're glad to have you, and today we wanted to share our heart as a church uh, about the next generation, and I don't know about you guys, but when I think of the gospel message Um, I think about the next generation, and I think about really the challenge that we have to reach the next generation with the gospel, which is the good news of Jesus, and the uphill battle that we have, but the hope that we have, because we have a big God. We have a great God, and so today, we're going to be sharing with you a little bit about what our vision is, what our our hope is, and what the future is at Hilton Head Island Community Church involving the next generation. Our passion, or our mission, excuse me, here at Hilton Head Island Community Church is to passionately share the message of Jesus and to lead people to follow him. That is, that's why we do the things that we do. That's everything that we do. We have filtered through and we continue to filter through that mission of passionately sharing the message of Jesus and leading people to follow him. It's really a Uh, kind of a rephrasing, a modern rephrasing of the great commission that Jesus gave us, all of us, the church, Christ followers everywhere, uh, to be on that mission he gave us to be on. Um, Justin, um, you and and Ben, really, just want to ask you guys, why are you guys so personal? Like, why are you here today? Why why, why is this such a personal thing for you, this, this mission of passionately sharing the message of Jesus Christ to the next generation. Um, what is it about that mission that relates to, to where you've been and where you are today? Justin, I'll let you get started. Well, I'm a little less passionate about it, I think, on Time Change Sunday. I'm right with, there uh, with you, dude. An hour less of sleep. But <laughs> in, uh, in all seriousness, I think for me, it, it really goes back to the early days of when I became a follower of Christ. I was really blessed to really kind of first be discipled in a church that had such an overwhelming focus on um, that idea of making disciples and reaching the next generation. I uh, didn't grow up in a Christian home, and so I kind of became a follower of Christ in the high school, college time frame. And so that church that I got plugged into was in a college town, and uh, it, it just had that overwhelming heart to reach those college students and not just college students, but the next generation. And so uh, also at that time, uh, you know, this would have been kind of the 2000s time period. I think uh, missional was a big buzzword in the church and multiplication. And there, there was this idea um, just growing in God's people, I think, that we need to make disciples, that being a disciple 
means making disciples. Mm. Mm. Um, and so that was just really entrenched in me early on um, in my theology and in my personal relationship with God, that it wasn't just about me and God. It was about me and God and then that relationship kind of overflowing onto others. And so it really just ingrained that passion in me. Mm. Um, but also I think, too, the reason why the next generation in particular is so important to me is just that fact that in my own story, God kind of reached into my life in that high school time frame, um, you know, not having grown up in the church, that that's when he stepped into my life. And, and so I can relate now, especially as a student pastor, I think why God has called me that direction or one of the reasons why that passion's in my heart is because I know what it's like to be that student, to not know what direction to go and to be thinking through you know, just my worldview and my beliefs and all those things. And God stepped into my life in that time period. And so mm-hmm. I, I've just had a passion to want to try to be that person that speaks in to other students that are in that same time period in their life. Mm-hmm. I love that, man, that you're, it, it's really tied to your own spiritual formation, that drive um, to see, um, see students in particular uh, in, in your work um, here at Hilton Head Island Community Church um, become Christ followers and then make uh, disciples. And, and just to clarify, Justin, I want you to answer this, man. And I, I, I didn't prepare him for this, but that's all right. He's, he's got this, man. Uh, when we talk about making disciples, what does that mean? For, for someone who may not know, um, what does that mean exactly? You've talked a lot about that. Yeah, well, I mean, I think really it goes back to what you mentioned with the Great Commission, yeah. um, that one of the most important things that Jesus commanded us to do is to make disciples, or in other words, to, to reproduce and lead other people to follow him and to look like him. Um, and so that's just at the core of what it means to be a disciple. You know, I think about uh, 2 Timothy chapters 1 and 2, where uh, you have this amazing apostle Paul, who, you know, a lot of us, if you're familiar with church, you know how much he wrote and all the things that he did. Um, but the books to Timothy are really neat because it's Paul writing to basically his protege, and he he shares with Timothy, and he says, you know, Timothy, my child, be strengthened by Mm -hmm. the grace that's in Christ Mm -hmm. Jesus, and take what I've entrusted to you and entrust it to other people. Mm -hmm. And so I think there's this sense that, uh, you know, sometimes we have this idea that our faith, uh, and this is something I've heard from people before, that our faith is a personal thing. Right. But I think really a lot of times when, when people say that our faith is a personal thing, really kind of what they're more implying is that it's a private thing. Mm. But when you look wow. at the lives of the followers of Jesus, the disciples, the apostles, there's nothing private about it. You know, I mean, there is a personal element absolutely between God and us that mm. is amazing, but we're called to enter into that relationship mm. and then by definition almost, it, it overflows onto other people. Mm. Um, and so... I think it's just, it's, you can't be a disciple yeah. without making disciples. Awesome. Yeah, I love that, man. I love that. And Paul and Timothy are such a, a great example of that. And I love that you talked about the private. Um, and I think there's a distinction. I love the distinction that you just made. Because I think sometimes we think that because we're Christ followers and we need time with God alone, and we all do, and we all should have that, uh, that personal time alone with him in private, like in the closet, as he talks about. Um, and, and as Jesus did, he got alone with God, but we take that and we think that's the way our faith should be worked out. And that's not it at all. Uh, it should be that private time, actually church that spurs us on then to, to make our faith public, um, in the best way that we can. 
Um, ben, talk to us about you, your personal story. Like what, you know, in, in terms of this, this mission to passionately share the message of Jesus and lead people to follow him. And uh, how are you here today, man, doing that? Well, it is the reason I'm here is because of church, because of a children's pastor growing up. I was a pastor's kid, born on Thursday, in church on Sunday kind of guy. <laughs> um, I don't think there was any break, but being raised in a church, some churches having to sit right where you're at in a, in a pew or in a chair and, and listening, and it was only until I had a children's pastor that literally made the Bible come alive. Mm. And it was that moment where he was explaining heaven, and I'd never seen heaven the way that he explained it. And he made it come alive, and he talked about the pearly gates and the streets of gold. And I'm like sitting on the edge of my seat, mesmerized at just its beauty. And it was all just in his words Mm. and his actions. Mm. And I'm like, man... If that can change a kid's life at the age of seven, imagine telling them so much more that's in that Bible. And so as I grew up, I didn't, you know, I was a pastor's kid. I didn't want to be a preacher, didn't want to be a pastor at all. I've seen it, done it, got a t-shirt a couple times for kids camp and, and youth Literally. camp and stuff. But it was one of those things where I realized that I was missing something. And in college, decided um, that God was calling me into children's ministry Mm. because I wanted to show kids that same passion that that children's pastor showed me at the age of seven that changed my life, that set me on the track. Now, it's not always the right track, and it's a little curvy sometimes, but (laughs) it is one of those things that is in the forefront because one guy Mm. showed me the joy of mm. living for Jesus, and I'm here today because of it. Man, I love that, and, and just, so, just so our church knows, because Justin, you're in your third year here, I believe. You're coming up on your fourth year, man, so. Hard to believe. Hard to believe, man. It's, uh, you've done an amazing job, and just love your family, love that you guys are here. And Ben, um, tell us, just because our, our folks don't know you as well, how long have you been in, in full-time uh, church ministry? Full-time church ministry. Or, or, or full-time and part-time. Yeah. yeah. Well, all through middle school, high school, of course, yeah. I'm volunteering in children's ministry. But the call to lead mm. kids to Jesus came at 19. So That's I've awesome. been doing this Since for a long time. Yeah, you, do, you yeah. can do the math. I've been over 20 years. Like, <laughs> it's been 21 years on church staff. So it's a lot longer than that. God, man, that's amazing. I, I am so, old and bald. You're way, you're old and bald, <laughs> man. I. Uh, what's really cool about this church? I don't want you to miss this. We're passionate about reaching the next generation. Uh, my passion is is born from really quite the same story. Uh, I was uh, about uh, six or seven when I accepted Jesus Christ as my Savior. I didn't know exactly all that I was doing, but I understood the need for God. And I accepted Jesus Christ as my Savior, but it was when I was, you know, 15, well, 12 and and 12 to 15 when um, I had some people in my life come alongside me like you guys did and really open my eyes, and it was in the church. And so I want you to see that the, the people who are leading 
the next generation here on Hilton Head Island, the, the people that are leading your kids, um, we have been kind of, it was imparted to us, right, when we were kids. I mean, it was the church made a difference back then. The bride of Christ made a difference back then. And the bride of Christ, the church, continues to make a difference in kids from birth up to 18 and, and even beyond. And um, it's important. And I want you to see that there's, there's a, a scarlet thread here between the three of us that all of us were impacted at that age. And the reality is, is that that's part of why we are so passionate as a church to share that message of Jesus to that age group, because this is the time when they're most likely to make the decision. Every survey you see will tell you that, that this is the time, this is the opportunity. But the reality is, is that sharing the message of Jesus Christ is a lot easier said than done. I mean, it's, it can be an uphill battle. Justin talked to us about um, why it may be an uphill battle, why it might be a little bit intimidating um, just for, for the person who who's, you know, doesn't have that gift of evangelism and may have not really ever gone up to anybody before and talked to him about Jesus and maybe how we can come overcome some of that. Yeah, absolutely. I think there's kind of a, a variety of things that go into it. And, you know, one of the things I think when we talk about passionately sharing um, the message of Jesus is that there are uh, ups and downs to it a little bit. And I, I joked earlier <clears throat> about, you know, on time change Sunday, I might not feel quite as passionate about it as I do at other times. But I do think there's a sense um, where my passion is not always there. It, it's not always easy to to speak about Jesus, you know, to kids or to strangers out, you know, at the supermarket or wherever I might run into somebody. And I think a lot of times maybe that some people have a sense that you know, as, as a pastor, it's just like constantly there that we're born with this passion or there's some sense of kind of extra spiritual, you know, emotion that's inside of us that helps us to do that. And I, I would just say maybe that's the case for other pastors, but I know for me um, that it's not always there. It's not always easy, that there is difficulty to, you know, stepping out of your comfort zone and to sharing the gospel um, or to teaching people the Bible you know, and I think there's a, a lot of reasons for that, you know, just socially and culturally that has gotten more and more difficult, um, especially in recent years, um, just yes. to know as we are approaching people, um, you know, there, I, I feel like we've kind of started to walk on eggshells a little bit mm. about how we want to be uh, approaching people and sharing that. And so there's just that difficult element to it that I think even without kind of the cultural shifts that we've had, that sharing the gospel always is, uh, you know, a momentous mm thing. And, and I think sometimes you feel the, the weight of that uh, and, and it feels difficult. And mm -hmm. so I think something that I run into a lot uh, with people that, you know, talking to parents especially, is, is that people don't feel able to do that That's or right. equipped That's to right. do that. And yeah. there's a sense of our inadequacy um, in being able to do that. And I would say, again, you know, as a pastor with, uh, you know, spent four years in seminary studying the Bible, and my daily world is about this stuff, I still feel that way sure. um, a lot. Sure. Because again, I think you know, anytime you're, you're thinking about reaching people um, for the gospel, for God, you just feel some of the weight of mm. that. Um, mm. And I think kind of what's important there is to turn our eyes back to God in that, mm. and to let some of that pressure off of ourselves, that all of us, whether it's up on stage as a pastor or just as an everyday believer in the different context that God puts us, 
that we all have that same calling from God mm -hmm. to reach the next generation. I, I kind of was thinking about this earlier, uh, and this is a terrible joke, but you know, if one of these speakers came down and crushed all three of us, the calling on this church to make disciples of the next generation mm -hmm. is the same. That's right. And we That's have right. specific roles to help us do that better, mm. but really it's a calling on all of us to be getting out and to doing, um, you know, that work of sharing the gospel with the next generation. And so I think uh, what we really have to be doing in that is for each of us as part of the body of Christ to be turning our eyes to God and, and letting him take some of that pressure, but realizing that we have a role in it. And one of the things that I've found really impactful in my own life in those moments when the passion is not quite there is that a lot of times I think over time, my passions can drift a little sure. bit. Uh, if I'm not continually turning back to God and kind of like Todd mentioned a little bit ago, spending that private personal time with him to then go out mm. and share, it dries up a little bit. And I drift to my own passions, you know, um, ambitions, wanting, uh, you know, success and just different kind of things that I think can distract us. And in that, though, I think what happens is we kind of get into this mindset of like, we get distracted and then somebody preaches a message like this and we kind of for a little bit feel guilty. Okay, I need to do something to reach the next generation. But, you know, then again, it might dry up a little bit because I think if we put the pressure on ourselves to say we have a job hmm. to reach the next generation and to love other people. And that's kind of all that we're looking at is that I have a responsibility to love other people. The pressure of that and those other things that I talked about can really start to weigh us down. But if we backtrack a little bit, um, and mm. what's really interesting is that John in 1 John chapter 4 mm. kind of gives an illustration for what this passion in our lives really looks like. And if we think about the fact that God calls us to love others, but that really comes from our love for God first, yeah. and then to even walk it back another step before that, that our ability to love God and then to love others really comes from God's love for us. Mm. You know, in 1 John chapter 4, 19, John says, we love because he first loved us. That's right. Yeah. And I think a lot of times we think about that in really a, a, a salvation sense, yeah. that it's like, you know, we, we come to love God because he loved us and died for us. And I think that's certainly true. But I think there's also really a continual sense to that, no that our ability to live out that calling to make disciples and to love other people mm comes from God's continual love for us and him stepping in and filling us up. And so I've found in my own life, if I really just focus on the, the job that I have to love other people, I can dry up really quick. Mm. But if I focus mm. on God's love for me and spend that personal private time, that then that really fills you up to overflow into loving him and to loving others. Man, I love that, dude. That is awesome. I love that. Except for the speaker part falling on our heads. Uh, but I understand what you're saying. You know, I won't be thinking about that every Sunday. Yeah. I'm ready. <laughs> you're ready. Yeah. That pillow's not going to help. Uh, so, uh, you know, <laughs> um, man, I, I, I love what you're saying. Because essentially what you're saying, I want you to hear this, church. What Justin's saying is, regardless if we're sharing the message to a student or one of our kids in the kids' ministry, or a neighbor, or if we happen to meet someone and, and God prompts us, that our private relationship with Him is what fuels the public work for Him. It's that private time with Him that's going to fuel that public work that we do for Him. 
Um, and I think that's true with the gospel, um, with the gospel spread of the gospel, um, which we're so, so about here at, at Hilton and Island Community Church. It's intimidating. Let's face it, it's intimidating to, to get to that point in a relationship when you actually open your mouth and go, let me tell you why, um, like, I, you know, I, I might be different or you might be seeing something different or let me tell you why, in the midst of all the crisis, it's been a year. Do you guys realize that? It's been a year since COVID started um, this weekend. We, we, we knelt on this stage a year ago this Sunday and prayed for COVID. And the next Sunday, we were online. We had no one in this place. And it's been a year, and it's hard to believe, and it's been an excruciating year. And I got to tell you, church, I think that there's, there's that moment that comes in our lives when a friend or um, someone who's um, in the next generation will wonder why you're different. And even at that point in time, um, it's not easy. It's intimidating. It's overwhelming. Ben, how can we break it down? How does this relationship with God um, spur us to share? How can we, um, how, how can we prioritize, I guess, um, our lives in a way that we're going we're gonna to reach the next generation? That the, 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 the average Christian... Um, is going to you know be a part of this? Like we all don't, not, not all of us have to do everything, all right. And not one of us needs to do all of it. But how can we all share in this, and how can we prioritize it? I think you said it well. Um, it's loving Jesus, and, and that is the stem of everything. But as parents, you know, I have two girls. Um, I have many years of ministry, and one of the things that I keep hearing parents say is, I'm way too busy. Mm. Like, Mm. I get it. We're all too busy. We all have a life. We all have work. We all have hobbies. We all have something that drives us to want to do it or to get up every morning and do it. Um, But if you get up every morning and you start it with Jesus... Everything you have flows from that. Mm. And as a, as a kid, they're looking to you. Mm. Whether you're a parent, a grandparent, an uncle, an aunt, or even just a school teacher or whatever you're doing, there's always eyes on you. Mm. And, and so as I take that and I wake up every morning thinking, all right, today's the day that possibly somebody could see Jesus in me. How am I going to act? Am I, am I going to honk at somebody in a car? Am I going to get mad because my food wasn't cooked correctly? How am I going to show Jesus? And, and that constantly goes through my head because that needs to be my priority. And not worrying about my selfish things like, that guy cut me off. Or that pizza wasn't cooked right. Or whatever it is, that doesn't matter if I'm going to call somebody not to fall in love with Jesus. Mm. Because at the end of the day, Mm. that's what Jesus told us to do, Mm. Mm. is to make disciples. And you can't do that when you're living with internal selfishness, I guess. Like, that's a a good way of putting it. Like, we can all be selfish about the things that we like, yeah. but it's a tug of war battle. So mm. often we're pulling mm. on that rope saying, but I want, but I want. Mm. And at the end of the day, it's not about me. It's about God. Yeah. And, and so, um, I go back to last week. Y'all were sitting up here talking about, um, 
the Bible verse, I think it's Matthew chapter 22. Mm, yeah. I got it here just in case. <laughs> Talking about the yeah, where, yeah, Great where, yeah. Commission. It said, love, when you want something to work, <laughs> it said, you shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, and with all of your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the mm. second is like this. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Mm. You see, mm. when mm. I talk to kids and tell them that the Bible says we should love God with all of your heart, like if you love something with all of your heart, there's no doubt if I was sit here across from you, I could tell you exactly what you love. Mm. Because when you love something, you just can't stop talking about mm. it. And if you're around me long enough to know, you'll know that I love chocolate. I can sit here and talk about chocolate for days. I can tell you exactly the foods you want to put chocolate on. I could do that equally with apple butter. Amazing. Apple butter. Apple butter. Man, you got everything. the job because of chocolate. Apple butter is just, that's just extra, man. Yes. That's awesome. But if you love something, I could tell you everything you want to know about it. Mm. Um, I was talking to uh, Pastor Matt's son. He loves dinosaurs. Yes, he does. And if you're around him at any point, you know He's gonna every tell last you dinosaur About day. dinosaurs, for sure. And, and is, the thing is this. If it. you love something so much, it just comes out. It, wow. it overflows. And so as we're passionately trying to reach the next generation, it doesn't just last. Like, it's not dedicated solely to a Sunday morning church. Mm. It's an everyday life. It's an mm. everyday opportunity um, because what happens is if you love God with all of your heart, mm. it overflows. Mm. If you love mm. God with all of your soul, it overflows. If you love God with everything that's in your mind, it's all you think about. It's all that you focus on. It's everything that you want anyone that sees you to know. Mm. And that's that I love Jesus. Man. But then that verse him. goes on to say, mm. Love your neighbor as yourself. And this is what you guys were talking about. Like, we all have differences last week. And no matter what that is, we all should um, love our neighbors. And that neighbor is the person closest to you. That's right. It's not the person in the house next to you. It's not necessarily the person that lives down the street. Your neighbor is the person in closest proximity to you. Mm. Look around. Who's sitting next to you right now, whether you're here, outside, or even at home, that is your neighbor. Your kids, your, your kids are your closest neighbor. Your students are your closest neighbor. Your wife, your husband, whoever that is, is your closest neighbor. And we have the opportunity to overflow with that love of Jesus to that person mm. that is closest to mm. us. Mm. And it that. starts at home. It starts, it starts at home, so how do we break that down? Because I know, I'm just going to be really, really honest with you for a second. As a parent, Ben, help me, man, as a parent, like my kids, those neighbors that you call them that live in my home, they see my flaws more than anyone else. Yeah. Yep. Parents, am I right? They see it first. They see it closest up. So that lifestyle connected with the gospel message, sometimes that gets a little bit messy, doesn't it? So how do we break that down? How do we, as parents, and I'm talking to those of you who are parents right now, and I'm talking to those of you who may serve in the role of a parent, how does that break down? How can we break that down? We have to do it together. We're not perfect. Parents are not perfect. You get that straight. Um, Leaders in your church are not Mm. perfect. Mm. 
this is why we should grow together. Second mm. Peter 318, uh, I think is coming up behind me here. Yep. It says, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus, Savior Jesus Christ. To him be the glory both now and to the day of eternity. Mm. You see, we have the opportunity to grow, mm. to be like Christ. And we can't do it alone. And we don't want to do it alone. You always want someone to do it with you. Um, I know um, as, a, as a dad, uh, as a leader, there's always somebody that you want to invest in. Mm. Somebody, I always, as a children's pastor, I'm like, you need to find a mini-me. You need mm. to find somebody that you can bring <laughs> alongside of you, that you can show the joy and love of Jesus to, so that when you're... Your moment is gone. Mm. You have someone to keep that mm. legacy going, keep that passion of Jesus going. Mm. Um, Jesus did it with the disciples. Yeah. He brought people he alongside of him. And, and our goal is to make disciples. So mm. whether you're at home, whether you're at church, whether you're at work, who are you investing in? Mm. Who are you growing together? Whether it's take a second to pray with somebody who's at the two desks down or... Mm. Um, or even um, get together with somebody for breakfast and just take a second and grow together. Do Bible studies. Mm. Talk about what God... You don't even have to open up the Bible. Just talk about what God's doing mm. in your life. And those are the moments that you have an opportunity to let that love of Jesus just pour out. I love that. Yeah. And I'm going to stop you for a second, too, because you're talking about growing together. And we, in our kids' ministry and in our student ministry provide some tools and some resources and opportunities for parents and our volunteers to grow together. I know that, you know, Justin, you've got some things that you do with your leaders uh, that you guys get together on a regular basis to grow together, right? Mm-hmm. Well, I know, you know, in our ministries, uh, we partner with um, an organization called Orange that really is beyond an organization. It, it's kind of a philosophy of bringing together the heart of the family and this that. calling that God has on all of us. Um, to really make disciples in the light of the world as the church. Mm. Um, and they do an amazing job providing us with resources. And then, you know, I know I try to do some trainings with our student leaders and things like that. And also finding different opportunities to partner with parents. Yeah. We have something called Parent Q that really uh, so cool. helps parents to go along with the series and things that we talk about, but also just gives um, just tips and hints and yeah. tricks and all kinds of things yeah. to think about for the daily life at home and how to be a disciple-making parent that I love their resources so much. And it brings me to another thought, thinking about this feeling of inadequacy, I think, that sometimes yeah. we feel when it no comes doubt. to making yeah. disciples, that yeah. um, that is a very real thing. But I'm so thankful, too, mm -hmm. for the fact that the season and the time that, that we're in I don't know that there's ever been more resources and more opportunities as a follower of Christ to so be true. equipped to fulfill the Great Commission. So true. You know, when you think about the things that we have just yeah. here at the yeah. church, but, yeah. you know, now, especially with COVID this year, the multiplication of digital options of yeah. uh, podcasts and books yeah. and just, you know, the overwhelming amount of things that God is pouring out to help mm. the church fulfill the so Great true. Commission. And Love that's that. why we exist as that's a it. church is we want to help you. Hmm. We, it, this is not just, hey, I'm going to let you raise my kid, church. Um, 
We want to help you as a parent. We want to help you train up a child in the way that they shall go. So at the end, they won't depart from it because the biggest thing is, and there's so many stats and there's so many figures out there that say when a kid leaves home, they leave Jesus. Mm. Mm. They, they's like, well, this was something that my parents made me do. Mm. And, and my goal as a children's pastor, and I know I've heard your heart and your passion as well, Justin, is we want kids to fall in love with Jesus so that at the end of the day, when they leave home, when they leave uh, our church to go to school or, or to start life, they don't forget mm. what they learned. Yeah. And, and that's huge because my personal mission since I've been like... Um, in ministry is to make memories so that it will last longer. That's awesome. And and whether it's with Jesus or with my kids, I want to make a memory. The way that I teach, I want it to come alive. Mm. The way that I talk about Jesus, I want it to be memorable. Because at the end of the day, you won't remember, but you'll remember how we talked about it. Mm. You'll remember the objects that we showed. You'll remember that way you felt when you heard it. Mm. And that is what I want kids to know. And that's what I want to do as a children's pastor is I want to help you as a parent be able to make that come alive Mm. in your life. And sometimes we feel like, oh, we only got a second. Let's talk about Jesus. But as you grow together, you can make Jesus come alive even at home. Mm. And uh, so I'm, I, I think as we resource, as we work together, that's super huge and super important. T- tell us, because I know you want to show us something kind of in closing here, but tell us, tell us a little bit about the orange thing, because it's red and yellow. Explain that, Ben. Because well, uh, mix... this, this is something that we do from zero to 18, all right? I don't love orange. I'm a Georgia guy myself. So Tennessee, Clemson, all the teams that were against <laughs> Florida, Madison out there. Anyway, so all the teams that, you know, Georgia doesn't like it, it has orange in it, but I love orange for this reason. Tell us a little well, bit about it. When you mix red and yellow... You get orange. And what does red represent? Red, like you said, is the heart of the home. There you go. Or wait, heart yeah. of Christ. Yeah. No. Heart of the family. Third I'm time's so a charm, Ben. Third time's <laughs> One more a charm. time. Um, heart of the family is red. The light of the world is, is the spiritual aspect, and that's yellow. And when you mm. put them together, because it takes two. It that. takes the church. It mm. takes the home. Working together. And when you do that, So r- red is the home. Right, red is the home, yellow is the church. Apparently, I, I keep orange, getting man. mixed up. I love that. <laughs> no, it's, it's great because what it does is it breaks it down to show you that we each play a part. We each yeah. play a part together, together yeah. the home and the church together. And that's the important part. And these guys are here to resource you um, in your homes, to help you, to help you grow together, to help give you tips and and, and helpful hints on, on how to do this best. And uh, I, I, I want to end by, by um, we've talked about priority and we've talked about purpose and we've talked about passion today. And that plays itself out in so many different ways. But here's what I want you to realize. Parents, we have, in church, we have such a small opportunity. So we think we think that we have such a small opportunity. We do. Time flies. It's flying in my house big time. But I think that sometimes we don't realize how much opportunity over time, how many of those small seconds over time we have. Show us a little well, bit about this. I am a very 
observant person. Like, you tell me words and numbers, I don't get it as much as seeing something in your face. And so this, <laughs> I actually wanted to, to help you come see it as well. I want to mm. make a memory right now with you. Because as a church, I want to make sure that as we reach the next generation, we do it together. As we grow the next generation, we grow it together. Um, because it can't just take me. It can't just take Justin. It can't just take Pastor Todd. We have to do this as a church. I so I brought this rope. Oh, I'm getting old. <laughs> right, you grab that in. All right, there we go. I'm glad it's not a hook. So I've been threatened right, with a hook tight on for stage me. Pull it a few tight. times. On the count of three, tug of war. Oh, we tug of war. All right. <laughs> no. I didn't know we were doing that. All right. So <laughs> this rope right here is exactly 168 inches. Um, there you go. Now it's 168 inches. Now, in a kid's week, in your life, you have 168 hours. That is officially one full week with a child. If you look down here to this middle, you see this yellow. That is an hour and a half. That's how much the church gets with your kid. This is how much, if you say, well, I'm just going to let the church spiritually grow my child. I'm, I'm not going to talk about Jesus. I'm really not going to focus on Jesus. We got sports to do. We got, we got activities to do. We have so much to do that there's really no time. So I'm going to let the church handle it. Then you're missing so much more. 168 hours in a week. Give or take, subtract some of that for sleep. But this can't be all that your kid receives of Jesus. It takes much more. It takes you living it out, growing together. We're not going to be perfect, but it's an opportunity to bring Jesus into your family and into your life. But here's the kicker. We, as a church, we want to resource you. Not only do we want to give you an amazing Sunday with your kids or a Wednesday with your students, but we want to come alongside of you in these 168, mm. whether it's resource emails that we were talking about or, or um, different books and different things. Like we have in our Island Kids area a resource wall full of mm. things. How can I help my kid? She's in her terrible fours and it's, <laughs> she will not listen and she will not obey. Let me help you. And I'm sure Justin has resources as well. If your kid is going through some depression or, or looking down upon themselves about physical appearance, whatever that is, that's, that's why we're here. Awesome. We want to help you mm. take this hour and a half mm. and grow it. Love it. Um, and mm. so that's I'll awesome. take this back. Put, that's awesome. That's why it's so important to do it together. It's so important to do it together in church. I, I just want to say this too. I think that one of the reasons I wanted you to hear Justin and Ben's heart for your kids is to realize that what we offer is not just a place to drop your students off on a Wednesday night so you can go shopping, which is fine. You can go shopping. That's great. It's not just childcare on Sunday morning. We're intentional. We're intentional about what we do with that hour and a half with your students each week. And I believe what we're doing is we're asking for you 
to not be super spiritual, not to, to take on the weight of the world and ha- try to think that you have to have all the knowledge about the Bible as parents. But we're asking you to partner with us, to join in with us, to realize that it takes both of us, red and yellow, joined together, helping out. Justin, as we close, man, tell us a little bit about what's going on in student ministry and, and where uh, you and Ben talk about it, uh, where you guys may need some help, some volunteers. We always need help, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah. You know, Ben kind of mentioned that hour and a half that we have, whether it's Sunday mornings for Island Kids or it's Wednesday nights for students. Mm-hmm. And on Wednesday nights with our students, you know, there is a time uh, or a part of that hour and a half where they hear from me. But I truly believe that the more important aspect of that is that we circle up together and those students get to see not just me talk about Jesus, but they get to see other adult leaders that they have a close relationship with share about their own faith journey, their own walk with Christ and to teach from the Bible and to talk back and forth. Because it's one thing for me to talk at students. It's a whole nother thing when the students get to talk back with one of their leaders and to talk Uh, together about Jesus that I think helps it really get into their heart and their mind so much more. And so our our biggest need, quite honestly, for student ministry is we need people that are willing to step into kind of that small group leader role. And I know so often that seems like a scary ask because of those feelings of, I I don't know if I can be at the front of a circle of middle schoolers and high schoolers staring at me. And I'll be honest with you, it's scary sometimes, especially the middle schoolers. Uh, We have fire pits on the patio, so there's some danger involved, but it's worth it. And it really is one of those things that I think as all the things that we talked about earlier as we rely on God, that he shows up. He carries the weight of that relationship, and he speaks through it. And so we need people, especially in student ministry, that are willing to step into Mm -hmm. more of that weekly commitment. But there's also so many other opportunities, um, you know, because the reality is, you know, that we are busy sometimes, and it might be difficult to really have that level of commitment. There's so many other opportunities with our Mm -hmm. students, whether it's helping with, uh, you know, personal events or subbing in on some weeks that other leaders aren't available, that there are all kinds of ways that people can Mm -hmm. step in and help out with our students. Love it. Love it. Ben, how can, how can they get involved and tell us a little bit about our zero to uh, up through fifth grade? I always subscribe to the, if my kid's not listening to me, bring somebody else alongside (laughs) that the kid will listen to. Um, Because sometimes you can say the exact same thing, but if somebody says it different, yeah. There's change. Kids starts to say, but they told me I should do this. Good. I'm glad you're listening finally. (laughs) And so there are opportunities for you Mm. just to come alongside. We have small group leaders. Mm. We have people needed to run computers. Like we we show things and it takes somebody pushing a button on a computer. Super easy. (laughs) And one of the values here at Hilton Head is... Um, safety and security. Mm. And so you don't think like, well, I can't necessarily sit down and talk to a kid. How much do you value safety? Mm. Because we want to make sure that your kid is safe. If you're going to put your child under our care, we want to make sure that it's completely safe. It's completely clean. We have opportunities during the week for volunteers who would like to to clean toys Mm. or anything like that. There's so many opportunities within Island Kids from midweek all the way till a Sunday. Mm. And you could be that person that that kid listens to. Mm. You could be that 
that volunteer, that children's pastor that I grew up with, that just took a second to explain heaven in a whole new light. Mm. And because of that, mm. I, I'm going to heaven. That's awesome. So, I love it. Yeah. I love it. If you want to get involved in either our students or kids ministry, you want to get partnered up with these guys, I want to encourage you to text NEXTGEN to the number that's shown on the screen. That'll get them your information. And it's not a commitment by any stretch of the imagination. It's just the beginning of saying, hey, I want to hear a little bit more about how I can come alongside and help. And I want to pray a prayer right now. And I, I want to thank these guys. Why don't you give it up for Justin and for Ben again. Thank you guys so much. I want to stop for a moment and thank the amazing volunteers that we have that have already been uh, serving so faithfully for all these years. We have amazing volunteers. Thank you so much, those of you who are volunteers in our kids' ministry and our student ministry. And uh, if you want to get involved in that, you text that uh, to them. But I want to pray a prayer over parents right now. And um, why don't you just join me um, this morning? Father, as a dad myself who struggles with, as Justin said, just feeling sometimes inadequate, sometimes not feeling that um, maybe what I'm trying to communicate matches up to the way that I acted yesterday. Um, Maybe sometimes I don't feel like I know enough or have enough time. And God, I know that there are other parents out there that feel just the same as me. And God, I pray in the strong name of Jesus that we would realize the weight of our responsibility But also, God, that we would take the burden that we feel, the inadequacies that we have, the insecurities that we may have about spiritually leading our our kids, that we would take that weight and place it on you. And we ask you, in the strong name of Jesus, to fill in the gap. God, to fill in that gap. God, may we as parents and Um, May we as people who are part of Hilton Head Island Community Church trying to reach about 10% of this island, the 10% that is there in that age group that is going to be most likely to make a decision over the next few years for you. Um, God, may we take every moment that we have as parents, volunteers, staff members, and as a church, and may we do everything that we can to join together with you and reach this next generation. Father, may we take our passions, may we take our priority, and may we take our purpose, and may we focus it on reaching our kids and our students for you. And I pray this all in Jesus' name, and all God's people said, amen, amen, amen.